the beauty of breathwork is like all these dynamic textures, the immersivity of it is beyond words. And I, I'm in awe of how immersive a breathwork experience it is. It's the best movie I've I've seen. It's the best, you know, roller coaster I've been on. And that immersivity is like how I actually want to live in my life. You know, I want to be immersive. I want to be present. I want to feel all the feelings and all the sensations and the subtleties of depth and height and width. I want to be there for it as long as I'm here. And I think that's the power of breathwork is, is making you conscious to being immersed in experience. Welcome to Crazy Wisdom. I'm your host, Luke Antrop. Crazy Wisdom is our show about the wild, the unexpected and interesting places we find ourselves in during our quest to live a life of deeper meaning and deeper truth. My hope is with each conversation and each story, you discover a new part of yourself on your journey towards making the most out of this one wild and precious life. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, everyone. Well, I have a favor for you all. If you enjoy this episode and are enjoying the Crazy Wisdom Show, please do me a favor and leave a review wherever you listen. This really helps us and helps the show and helps us grow our Crazy Wisdom community. So if you're enjoying this, please do take just a couple minutes and write us a review. Thank you. So I am thrilled to welcome to this week's show, AJ Mars. AJ is a breathwork guide. He's a men's work leader. He teaches masculine, feminine polarity in relationships. Welcome to the show, AJ. Thank you, brother. It's good to see you. Yeah, so good to see you. I think last time I saw you, we were both covered in dust, leaving a <laughs> desert. And this was not Burning Man. This was actually <laughs> another dusty week in the desert of deep practice in the Panamint Valley in a men's program. And last I saw you, you were a, a dust bunny. Yes, it, it was a hot one, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. So why I wanted to have you on the show is your work around breath work. And you know, this has been a really integral part of my journey. When I think about the practices and the things I've done that have taken me deeper into myself and taken me into a deeper capacity to be in relationship with the world mm -hmm. around me. My goodness, breathwork has been at the center of that. And so I know this is part of what you offer to the world. And so I just, you know, I wanted to have you on and talk a little bit more about, about breathwork. How's that sound? Yeah, I love it. That's my specialty, if you will. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, let's just start at the very, you know, basic level for those that maybe aren't so familiar with breathwork. You know, what is it and how is it that it can be so helpful for people when they're looking at knowing themselves in a deeper way? Yeah, I believe the, the simplest explanation is breathwork is just conscious breathing. And, you know, we go throughout our entire lives where we breathe up to 30,000 times a day. And that's typically involuntary, right? But when we put consciousness on it, it's doing so many different things to our mind, our body, our spirit. And if you think about it, we're, we're going through our life, you know, constantly overthinking, constantly in our stories. And when you're breathing, you're actually shutting down that ability to think, right? To, to be stuck in that thought loop. And so that can be a weird experience alone for people because you're just quieting your mind, you know getting rid of that monkey mind chatter. 
And you're also connecting to your body, you know, breathing deeply into your lower belly, which is actually the right way to breathe in life. Typically, we're breathing paradoxically or a cultural breathing and breathing shallow in our chest. And so we're not connecting to our emotional center, like all our emotions are deep in our belly. It was funny during the pandemic, I was actually getting a lot of GI issues. I, I was, you know, I was holding a lot for people, my, my different clients and the work I do. Obviously, there was a lot going on in the world. And I think I'm sensitive and attuned to that. And I went to go see a GI specialist. And he's like, yeah, actually, we're, we're more like psychologists. <laughs> and it's just this, this connection between, you know, mind and body and, you know, your, your gut and breath. It's, it's been my main journey that I've been on, just trying to reconnect all these different parts of myself through breath. Mm, yeah, amazing. When I teach meditation or, or teach people how to connect to their breath, you know, there's, when first asked, when we first ask someone to take a deep breath that maybe hasn't done some of the practices that you're, you're alluding to here, most often what we will see is like a heaving of the shoulders up, right? Like take a deep breath and people's shoulders will come up. There's a breath into the top of the lungs. And what you're pointing out is that the breath actually, the deepest breath is one where our belly fills up, right? Where we, we feel our, our, our navel come in and out. It's, it's counterintuitive to the way that I think most of us think about getting a deep breath. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just thinking about all the different ways that affects how we show up in the world, like we're, we're less connected to our emotions. We're walking around, you know, shallow breathing, more nervous, more anxious. And if you spotlight that, you can really see a difference. Like, you're like, oh, wow, when I breathe deeply and slowly and, and not shallow, I'm actually more relaxed, you know, I'm more mm -hmm. regulated. Um, and that's, you know, people are going to pick up on that. Yeah. Okay. So I want to pan a picture. I was an undergrad student at Europa University studying transpersonal psychology. And as part of the training, we had a one day, we took a Saturday, this class of, you know, 20 so undergrad students. Our professor had us do a holotropic breathwork workshop on a Saturday. And if you can imagine like a room in a like a normal college <laughs> classroom that all the chairs were put off to the side and in come all of the sleeping bags and blankets. And <laughs> there's some like kind of trippy 60s psychedelic music in the background, kind of stuff that, you know, I didn't necessarily relate to myself, but like set the vibe. There's some candles and um, the instruction is basically partner up and a person is sitting, holding space next to you, one of your classmates, while I went into the breath practice, which is basically deep, quick breaths, right? So as deep as we could go in our breath, but also quite rapid. So there's a sense of like, almost like a hyperventilation in a certain way. So that the practice was to just keep going and keep going with the breath and follow the breath. And I remember at some point my lips started tingling and my hands felt like they were lobster claws. They were all numb and I couldn't move them. And this was all we were told about this might happen. And the instruction was to just back off a little bit, but keep the breath going, like keep the breath going. And over like 20 minutes, 30 minutes of this, 45 minutes of this, I started to notice like I, my sense of self got very fuzzy, right? 
I started to feel a bit more, um, uh, yeah, it was just, I was on a journey. I was on a trip <laughs> and pictures started emerging in my mind. It wasn't even just like, it was kind of like being in a dream, right? Where scenes, it's not just snapshots, but like scenes. And I found myself in this like arid desert in what felt like it was more feelings, but I felt like I was somewhere in the Middle East, maybe in the Mediterranean and a rocky climate arid and I was outside of a home that was clearly my home and there was the sun was bright and I could feel the rest of my family around me and it felt as if this was a time that had already passed and there wasn't anything it wasn't like uh, I didn't have some sort of like traumatic event in there or some you know really anything notable occurring other than just this feeling of being at home in what was a distant land to my to the body that I'm in now. And I didn't know really what to make of it. Some people said I had like a flashback of a past life, um, or perhaps it was just an experience of a felt sense. But uh, that experience for me was just really wild because it took me someplace that I had never been before and evoked in me these feelings that I'd never had before. So it's just, you know, I share that as like, that was my introduction to breathwork, which was this <laughs> very, very trippy experience. And I know not all breathwork sessions are quite like that, but I'd love for you to just understand from your perspective what's happening in this type of journey. You know, I have some bad news for you, which is, okay. uh, I don't think anybody knows what's happening. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm joking, but, you know, like a psychedelic, I think breath work, it doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. Hmm. And so, you know, I can't tell people what that journey is going to be that they're going to go on. I just, I know the territory a little bit, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I got a map. I can kind of, maybe this is going to come up. Maybe this is going to come up. But whatever you bring into a session, that's going to be, you know, the material that you're going to go into. You know, maybe you have a struggle in your life. Maybe there is something from your childhood that you hadn't processed and you buried deep away. And breathwork is just this, you know, you're excavating your ruins, you know, and, and, and under that debris and under that rubble, there's gems there. You know, I know the first couple times I did breathwork, the first time I did one kind with this former, you know, Olympic medalist, Peter Evans, and this breathwork just afterwards i didn't know it was breathwork at the time i thought he was just like a wizard or you know who knows <laughs> he'd appreciate me saying that but um after after this form of breathwork i was like blissed out for a month mm -hmm. um and i remember the visual that came up for me in this experience and it's like a bliss breathwork is what i kind of call it or categorize it as i i remember just seeing almost this mandala of uh, countless faces and it almost felt like they were my faces in all my lives uh, and and it's just it's bizarre that that's the image that came up in this breathwork experience and and after that i was like what's that i need to figure out what what that was <laughs> i knew breath was involved so i just started studying this breathwork thing and then my second experience with john paul creamy i was doing more of the lie down two part breath which is an offshoot of probably holotropic and rebirthing. Um, and I remember visualizing, like I was going hard and deep in that first session. 
I visualized a werewolf with giant wings ripping out of my chest, like some spirit animal. Um, and, you know, you can take a lifetime to unpack those images and try to make sense of them. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding, right? You're having a really powerful experience and a powerful release. And so, yeah, try it. <laughs> Go there, see, see what comes up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's fundamentally, it occurs to me as like an excavation of the unconscious body mind, right? Like we hold certain traumas, we hold certain joys and pleasures in our bodies. And the breath work is a way to activate and excavate some of that material. And often it appears, I think for most people, forms of visuals or at least feelings that then we get to integrate through the session and after the session. Yeah. Is that kind of a fair framing? Absolutely. And I had a teacher at Pacifica Graduate Institute where I'm finishing up my studies now, Steve Eisenstadt. He was the founder there. And he would say, your body is always dreaming. Hmm. And, and it really uh, sitting with that, right? And breathing in that, that idea, that concept, your body is always dreaming. And so it's not just a mind thing. Your, your body is experiencing something and has a point of view, right? And, uh, and, you know, that word soma, it's not, you know, the somatic isn't just saying that, oh, we have sensations and emotions that are connected in our bodies. It's actually saying like, you know, the point of view from the body. That's what the soma is. You're, you know, in the same way that your mind has a point of view, like your ego, the soma, your body has a point of view. And really letting that sink in, it, you know, it, it's really impactful to me. And one thing I'm working on in my thesis is, and this may sound a bit lofty or whatever, but developing a psychology around the pneuma, you know, a pneumatic psychology where the point of view is from the breath in the same way that like somatic therapy, the point of view is from the soma. Uh, because I feel like our spirit, our breath, our life force, it's also telling a story, right? And what's your spirit story? The ups and downs, the, the breaths in, the breaths out, the, the up-regulating, the down-regulating, the centering. Like, I bet you could look at sort of that wave of breath throughout a lifetime, and it's going to tell a story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope I get to read this this thesis. Sounds very intriguing. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Per perhaps there's a book there on the other yes, end of yes. your graduate studies. <laughs> yeah. So there's different ways to use the breath or to become aware of the breath. You know, I talked about this like, you know, holotropic breath work. My understanding is part of those types of, of breathing processes were stimulating natural DMT. Um, there's activating parts of the brain that are more imaginative and uh, connected a bit more to the spirit of the world. But that's not the only the only type, right? We can think of a few other types. There's, you know, kind of this whole tradition of Wim Hof and the more of a grounding practice. It's shorter, it's quicker. And then, of course, there's just mindfulness breathing. And so there's these different areas. And I'd love if you're able to just kind of help us understand the territory of different forms and, and functions of breathwork. Totally. That's something I'm really excited about, which is like breathwork can be used for different things. <laughs> you know, I mean, sounds so monumental. No, I know. But <laughs> the reason I'm kind of saying that way is because I think typically people are like, they just know the one kind, mm -hmm. right? They, they know the Wim Hof or they know the holotropic. And then that's their only experience of the breathwork. 
when you could actually use, like you're saying, breath work to downregulate, like a slower, deeper breath, right? You can do use breath work to upregulate, like to energize. And that's what I would say is Wim Hof style. Um, that's a really energizing, activating, upregulating breath of your nervous system. And it's interesting that the root of the Wim Hof breath work is actually, it's called Tomo, and it's from Tibet. And it means inner fire, right? And so it's even in the name, right? It's like fire, you're just, you're energizing, right? Same thing with, you know, breath of fire. Yeah, breath of fire in the Kundalini tradition. For those that don't understand or haven't necessarily practiced Wim Hof, could you maybe just describe what is that, or the Tomo breathing, what is that form? What would that look like? So you're actually, you're breathing into your heart centers, the best way I explain it. And it's sort of like a in through your mouth. And then usually do a cycle of you know, 30 to 40 reps of, of breath. And then you have multiple rounds, like three to four rounds. And in that, there are various breath holds. And uh, yeah, it's sort of the basic uh, setup of it. Very, very helpful. Yeah. The kind of felt experience of that is, yes, very energizing. Definitely kind of spark that internal chi. There is like heat. I mean, there's these mm. um, stories of the Tibetan practitioners in the high Himalayas that are like, you know, sitting in the snow and the snow is melting around them, the very extreme cold, and they will practice this. And, you know, the snow never really touches them because it's just heat from their body melts you know it's the kind of mm. the myth behind this particular breath practice right totally totally and i mentioned earlier you know peter evans he he really helped me realize the power of one breath and and that's that bliss breath work technique and i've seen it become a little bit more popularized and but it's still wouldn't say as mainstream as as wim hof or even holotropic but that one is, it's, it's a breath in through the mouth and you're breathing deep into your belly and sort of kind of arching with each breath. And at the end of it, you do a breath hold. And so even one breath, I think, can be powerful. You just breathe in, hold that breath, arch your back, push your belly out, lean back, chin up, and release. This wow, like even one breath, I I've, I've just feel more, more bliss, more clarity. And you can do multiple rounds of that and you'll really get blissed out. But, you know, it's interesting, like in relationship, like when we're struggling with each other, if we just took one breath, right, then just how, how much better that would be to communicate from a calm, regulated, relaxed place. And we forget to do that in those moments, you know? Yeah, yeah, it becomes a very important, both training and skill to have particularly in intimate relationships, right? When we're, mm. <laughs> when our stuff can get activated and, and, um, you know, I think this is like one of the more fundamental practices for me for that reason. It's like, um, this nervous system training that allows me to over time build the capacity to hang into a difficult conversation or, you know, I don't know, my kids are freaking out or a partner is, has some sort of challenge with me. I can be much more kind of down-regulated and grounded because of the breath practices so that I can meet the moment in a clearer way and not be so activated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. Like I originally went into 
men's work and co-ed intimacy work through my teacher, John Wineland, because I wanted to yeah, be more embodied in, in relationship with both you know, men and women and everybody. And what I ended up finding is more breath. <laughs> it was like, you know, John, he talks about how he's a breath nerd too, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's like, I can't escape breath work. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go study men's work. Oh no, breath works. It's still there. I'm gonna go study intimacy. Oh no, you need to learn to breathe together. You know, it's funny. Yeah, for those that, that haven't listened to, I had John on the show mm. a few months ago. And I definitely recommend going back and listening to that episode. He talks a lot about this kind of, you know, how we as men particularly can be kind of more grounded and centered and how then we can show up for, for those that we love. And so for those that are interested, go back and listen to the episode with John Wineland. So yeah, so it, it does, it makes us more available for the moment that we're in, right? And makes us more kind of steady and present. There's this wonderful nervous system training that happens. I, I got curious, you know, about some of the specific down regulation practices. Um, I've heard, I'd be curious to get your, uh, your take on this. I've and have been experimenting with it in my own way, which is like, we think about our breath as, you know, if we count perhaps our in-breath and our pause and our out-breath, that if we extend the out-breath, like making our exhale longer than our inhale, it soothes some part of the nervous system and allows us to uh, kind of unravel the stress of the day. So if we could imagine just breathing in on a five count, inhale, one, two, three, four, five, little pause, and then exhaling, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, pause, inhale, five, right? That that act of exhaling more than inhaling is a way to basically chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm just curious yeah. your point of view of someone who works a lot with breath. Like, is that true? Why is that true? Totally. And I think there's a big piece of it is you're, you're actually soothing your, your vagus nerve, right? You're, you're relaxing that in the same way that chanting does. And, and I think there's such a huge connection between sound and breath as well. And so if you like were to breathe in, and then release with a sigh. <sighs> yeah. And yeah, you're just soothing that, that center column, right? You're soothing that vagus nerve. And with, that, with, with the sound or the chanting or toning, whatever you, you use along with the breath, it's just like a one-two punch. You know, you're really, you're really down-regulating your, your entire nervous system. It's hmm. great, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like a modified. I'm sure many people have heard of this concept of box breathing, where we yeah. essentially count, yeah. you know, four on the inhale and then hold our breath for four count, and then four on the exhale and then hold it out for four count. And it makes, you know, spatially, if we were to count it, it looks like a box. Well, this is essentially box breathing, but we're just adding a little bit extra on the exhale. Totally right. And I've I've heard that called actually the transformer breath before, where you the, the exhale is twice as long as the inhale. Um, and for box breathing, another kind of side note, I, I love that too, because it gives you the visual, like you literally can visualize it with a box. So for people who also, you know, they, their mind is kind of racing that can help because it gives you not only the breath to focus, but also the box to focus. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I just get so curious about you, you know, like your, what is, you'd mentioned you had these initial experiences that lit you up. And I'm just wondering like what, 
part of your, you know, your past and your journey, you know, led you to this and why, you know, so much of your work is around helping people connect to their breath. Love to just get a little bit of your origin story here. Totally. I was actually journeyman writer in film and TV industry. You know, and I dabbled in a little bit of everything, writing, directing, acting. Um, and that's a hard world for anybody who's not been in it, as you can imagine. Like, it's highly competitive. People expect the world from you from a, a work point of view. And I actually, you know, experienced just some trauma of being in Hollywood for, for a decade, you know, and and also just, you know, relationships in and outside of that world. And I, I remember I, I was with my therapist for years and I was like, you know, I, in therapy, you know, you're a great therapist. I feel better, but there's still like this chemical residue in my body that I just can't shake. And it's hard to explain. And I, I wish it was gone. And, you know, he said, you know, look, I, know this shaman <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. and 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 that was pete peter evans mm -hmm. and uh and i went to him and all that chemical residue just felt after that first breathwork session that it flushed out mm -hmm. uh, and i was like there's more i gotta go deeper i gotta go deeper and then i went and worked with john paul Grimmy and and trained under him as well and wow there was more pus and poison and venom there in my body that I had to flush out. And it's funny, I keep thinking the work is done. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm enlightened now. I'm embodied now. You know, I'm like, it's it's all good. No more grief. There's nothing left. And you know, even this past weekend, uh, I was assisting and teaching a practice uh, in Sedona for John Wyland's teacher training. And there was a moment in a practice where I was just crying, you know, mix of breath and connection and and I was like, wow, how deep does this well go like of grief? And, and I'm saying that because I also just want to let everybody know out there that it's like, this is a process. And even the wisest of us or the most embodied or the most enlightened <laughs> of us, the, the, the gurus, Luke and AJ. Um, <laughs> oh, God, you no. know, <laughs> I know, I know. But even I, you know, we, we're still grieving or yeah. we're still yeah. working through um, our, our suffering right yeah 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 it's well said my brother yeah i mean i think about i love the the visual that you offer about like this residue that it does it feels like i think we can all relate to feeling this um maybe we all can i don't know i can relate just having a sense of like some sort of poison that i ingested uh from somewhere along the the path right like whether it was you know the way i was the, the kind of the dark side of the way i was parented which by the way i was had wonderful parents, but we all get a little bit of, you know, generational trauma in there, or it's the way that, you know, I was bullied and, and choked down some poison there, or maybe it's actually environmental toxins that just were in such a toxic place that we accumulate these, these toxins and these poisons. And I can't tell you how many times in a breathwork session, <laughs> I don't want to scare people away, but that I've been, I've been on, you know, kind of like, puking in a bucket or, or at least heaving out energetically, emotionally heaving out things that no longer serve me, whether it's through grief or some sort of expulsion, because I think there's something about like breathwork gets at the staleness 
of our body mind in a way that nothing else does. There's a way in which I think stale air and the and the these little corners in our lungs the that are bringing so much life to the rest of our bodies. They're these. It's the interaction of you know uh, life, our our sense of life being alive and the world around us. It's it's where that symbiosis occurs. That it's an opportunity to like excavate and ex- expel um, these poisons in a way that I don't know too many other things touch. So it is a very common thing for me. Like I will get these visuals that I've described and have gone to some crazy places, met the divine in all of her or his forms <laughs> in breath work. I've yeah. seen my most like desired consort of like feminine bliss sitting on my lap. I've, but I've also like, puked my guts out in a bucket and screamed with rage and terror and sadness. And, um, in the end, I always feel clearer, you know, totally, totally. And that's also the beauty of breath work is like all these dynamic textures you're describing. It's like the, the immersivity of it is beyond words. And I I'm in awe of how immersive a breathwork experience it is it's the best movie i've i've seen it's the best you know roller coaster i've been on it's uh, and that immersive immersivity is like how i actually want to live in my life you know mm-hmm. i want to be immersive i want to be present i want to feel all the feelings and all the sensations and you know the the subtleties of depth and height and width you know i just want to i want to be there for it as long as i'm here you know and um, and I think that's the power of breathwork is is making you conscious to being immersed in experience. Well said, my friend. So where would you point people that are interested either in experiencing this with you or maybe that's not possible? Like they, you know, where would you, you're, you're based in Southern California, right? And assuming most of your work is done live. But so first of all, yeah, how would people find you? And if they're not able to practice with you, where might you point people that are interested in this type of experience? Totally. Yeah. I, I would say I have a regular breathwork class in Santa Monica, California, actually, typically on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, and it's at St. Monica Church. And you can go to my Instagram at breathwork, at the breathwork. And, uh, and on there is my link tree and you can see all sorts of classes. I also do classes in Ojai and, you know, I'm a big, uh, believer in lineage and, mm. you know, my teachers have been amazing. You know, Peter Evans, you know, you're talking about crazy wisdom. He's one of these, you know, really wise, but hard people to find, but you're happy to reach out to me and I can connect you to Peter. You'll have a powerful experience with him. John Paul Crimi, he comes to LA once a quarter uh, uh, lately, but he is also in Portland and Bend, Oregon, and he's just a really powerful, like, it's like a driving coaching experience, if you want that. And, and also, you know, John Wineland doesn't call himself a breathwork guy, you know, necessarily, he, you know, he's, he's known for embodiment and intimacy, but at the end of the day, he's also, in my opinion, powerful breathwork teacher. And so if you're looking for breathwork for embodiment and intimacy, I can't recommend him enough. Uh, yeah, and I would say those have been my three main teachers so far. And, you know, I'm looking forward to exploring some other teachers yeah, that I would say are more in the feminine. 
you know, in the teacher training, working with Kendra Kunov, been really excited about that. Yeah. Kendra was also on the show. That's another one to go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't, oh my goodness, it's such a, she's such a wise human. And she, we talk a lot about kind of, uh, in, in that episode, really connecting to ourselves in a deep way and and before we you know really relate to another and um, it's Mm. just a very rich conversation about relationship so i recommend people go back and check out that that interview great wonderful well my friend aj thank you so much for coming on the show today yeah thank you this has been fun this has been fun and deep so thank you Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Crazy Wisdom. If you like what you heard, please do rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen. This helps new people find the show. Maybe more importantly, it helps us grow our Crazy Wisdom community. My hope for you is between now and the next time you listen, that you try one new thing, one thing that would help you live a life of deeper purpose, deeper meaning, a life of greater love. And maybe that one thing is a little different, a little odd, a little intense, perhaps even a little crazy.